Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to season three of HV Pucks. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. HV Pucks is underwritten by the healthcare law firm of Einiger and Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, to promote youth sports and various health initiatives in our local communities. And before we drop the puck on this week's episode, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Without any more further ado, the 45th President of the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you. I know you love me. Listen, I don't want to talk about the NFL. I don't want to talk about Rocket Man. I don't want to talk about Hillary. I'd like to talk about HV Bucks. I mean, it's fantastic. And it's available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. Okay. I now invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy as I chat with Dan Perito. Uh, Dan is the head coach of the red-hot uh, 7-0 undefeated Horace Greeley Quakers. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Dan Perito. Dan is the head coach of the red-hot Horace Greeley Quakers, the 7-0, I might add, undefeated Horace Greeley Crakers, and he's taking a little bit of time out on a football Sunday to chat with me. So, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. What's going on today? Oh, not much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm just kind of decompressing after last night's uh, back-and-forth action with Mayapak. Um, Getting ready to watch my Giants hopefully not play, continue to play terrible, but we'll we'll see. (laughs) Listen, last night's game was exactly as I had billed it. It was worth the price of admission it was worth the almost hour drive from my house in orange county because as i predicted early on in the season i have you guys listed as a dark horse i had Mayapak listed as a dark horse you couldn't have scripted a better weekend it's the saturday before christmas you've got a very vocal fan base certainly in those Mayapak maniacs and uh it was just a raucous atmosphere i mean we had alumni back you had family in town the college kids are back and again it was just two top teams you know, that, that really want to go out and, and, and mix it up. So I don't think anybody left there disappointed. Well, maybe the Mad Pack fans left disappointed, but I certainly didn't leave there disappointed. Let's, um, let's jump right into it, Coach. Can you describe your team in five words or less? Yeah, you know, I think we're a fast, physical team, you know, experienced, but at the same time still learning. Um, I think last night was clearly evidence of that, uh, you know, you know, 
we have a team, we're up for nothing in that game and we got a team down and, you know, we kind of relax for a minute and then give them a little bit of a window and then the momentum swings the other way. So that's one of those uh, learning lessons that I think that we've got to take away from a game like that. Yeah, no, I would agree. I, w- I would agree wholeheartedly with your description. I mean, you are a relatively young squad, but you are fast. You are certainly physical. You're talented. I saw you, you know, certainly mix it up uh, in a scrimmage against Mamaronek, and none of your kids shot away from the physical play. And certainly last night, none of your kids, uh, f- you know, shot away from that either. So I-, I absolutely love what you guys are doing. And that's one of the reasons why I labeled you as a dark horse. Although I don't think anybody now in Section 1 can consider you a dark horse. Um, what excites you the most? And you maybe touched on this a little bit in your previous answer what excites you the most about this team i think it's the potential i mean I, yeah we're seven to no but i think we're just scratching the surface with what we can do as a team mm. you know i think that there's still a lot of stuff that we can improve on and do better um i still don't think we've played a full 51 minutes of any game this year mm. um last night i think the first probably period and five minutes of the second you know was probably the best hockey we've played all season but then we kind of relaxed, uh, relaxed, and uh, you know, let May back back in. So uh, there's there's still a lot of uh, room for us to improve uh, going forward. You know, and this is certainly not meant as a disrespectful statement to Pelham or to John Jay. I have nothing but admiration for those programs, but I would like to think that had you not had to play 15 hours after dispatching uh, Pelham in those, you know, four OTs in a shootout that you might've actually had an opportunity to beat John Jay and, um, you know, went up for regionals, but that's in the past. We're not going to certainly wax poetic on that, but uh, I'm certainly not surprised with the trajectory of the Quakers at this point. But, uh, and again, I think for all the reasons you've mentioned, uh, certainly um, the, the season looks promising. Any surprises this season coach in terms of kids that maybe came up from a modified program or just even like, the growth, the development, the increased hockey IQ for maybe some of your returning players? Well, we actually don't even have a modified program. We only have a varsity program. Wow. Uh, okay. We don't have JV. We don't have a modified. Wow. Uh, Interesting. You know, a lot of our guys really just play with their um, their club teams, you nice. know, uh, with the 14 news, I guess, now they hmm. don't go by, you know, uh, squirts and bantams and midgets anymore, you know, some of the programs. But, uh no, I kind of knew that we had a good crop of freshmen coming in. I mean, last night we had two freshmen um, get the goal scoring started for us. Uh, nice, nice. And I've got, you know, a fresh, uh, you know, our goalie, Ari Wahlberg, you know, was great last night. You know, I also have another freshman goalie and Ben Madden. Um, you know, we've got, you know, a good balance between all four uh, grades of uh, players. Um, but I kind of knew what we had coming in. Um, uh, it's been a pleasant surprise to see them kind of adapt to – uh, high school hockey because it's really the first time a lot of those younger guys played with kids three years older than them. right you know right. maybe they play a year up but they don't play against kids that much bigger and older i mean you know, an 18 year old to a 14 year old is a huge um difference absolutely in um experience and just physicality um they've adapted nicely so that's been a pleasant surprise in that sense hmm. um biggest game of the season and again i know we're only seven games in i don't know if you've played the biggest game of the season but just in your opinion is there something that you've looked at as far as you're circling the calendar and maybe getting a little bit more excited for the next one i got circled is mount pleasant our next game on january 4th okay you know i mean i as cliche as it sounds but i mean you know it's got to be the next game up you can't worry about anything two three weeks ahead or at the end of the season because when you do that you lose sight of everything in between so i mean that's something that i always stress to my uh, uh players 
spoken like a true veteran coach because I've actually heard that uh, mentioned when I've interviewed other uh, seasoned veteran guys from Section 1. In your opinion, outside of the 98 rink, let's say, at Brewster, the toughest rink to play in? Uh, I think the hutch with the, the with the bubble and the sight lines can be a little deceiving, particularly for goalies, sure. um, especially in some longer shots. Okay. Um, that and then the atmosphere in sport, especially if you're playing suffering on a Friday night <laughs> yes, or um, North Rock when, you know, when they get those big crowds in there. Absolutely. Those are definitely um, environments that you can't really create anywhere else in this area. I would agree. I would agree. Although last night I have to hand it to the Mayapak Maniacs because they were really loud and vocal and they were chirping at your guys as they were, as your guys were skating off the ice, but your guys just kept pointing to the scoreboard and saying, look over there. Um, biggest rival. Who would you say is your biggest rival? Well, traditionally with Greeley, our rivals always been Fox Lane. They're the you know the next town over sure. in Bedford, and we're, they're actually not actually on our schedule this year. They used to be in our league, and then you know the leagues get you know adjusted here and there. So uh, you know we don't in hockey we haven't really had a traditional rival where like you know it's kind of like you know everyone elevates their game. You know it's a big game of the year, like you know like a Michigan Ohio State game or something like that. Um, you know, for me personally, Somers North Salem was always a big thing in the back mm-hmm. of my head because I actually went to Somers and helped start that program. Nice. But now they don't even have a team anymore. Uh, it's which awful. Was kind so, of so unfortunate tragic. for me to see happen, but you know, that's what it is. Low numbers and you can't field a team. It's hard. Awful, awful. So tragic. Um, you know, let me ask you because you touched base on this. What are your thoughts on the new leagues uh, that came in this year in Section One? Um, I like that they switch things up and like last year we had four leagues and I think one of the, I think we were actually in a league last year where there was a, we were one of five teams and right. it's kind of a very, uh, odd to see like a, a four or five team league like that. So condensing it down to, um, three leagues, especially with some of the teams combining like Bruce and Yorktown combining into a team last year and now with Somers North Salem not having a team, so that's two less teams over the last two years that mm-hmm. you lost. So kind of condensing things down and, and keeping with the, the power leagues kind of with, you know, your league A, B, and C. I thought that, that was a good move um, on the part of the section. I would agree. I think the leagues are fairly balanced, um, not only like from a geographic perspective or from like, let's say a, a rink perspective, a home rink perspective. I just think, you know, again, league C is kind of more your developmental league at this point. I think it's better for programs and for players overall. Um, let me ask you also coach, cause we've got some new rule changes that came down from the state uh, in particular, the two minute penalties. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's as far as that in like the 17 minute periods, I think the two minute power plays are the bigger um, thing that coaches have to adjust to. Sure. I think in the past uh, you'd have to really, you really didn't have to develop or have two power plays set. You can really get away with a minute and a half of using one power play unit. But right. for two minutes, you, especially if that, you know, half those guys are just on the ice to draw that, you can't right. really go with one power play. You know, you're going to have to have two set up yeah. at the very least. And uh, same thing with the PK units. You're going to have to have two and maybe even three sets of forwards and, um, you know, two sets of ready to go. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I think a team, certainly a team's discipline is going to be put to the test. I think a team's endurance, I think a team's fitness not only physically, but mentally, you know, again, to adjust to the 17 minute periods. Um, do you have a favorite, I don't know if tournaments, the best word, like, is there a favorite little road trip that you guys like to go on? You know, even, if, even if it's just to play an opponent within section one. Um, a couple of years ago, actually, we took a road trip up to uh, Lake Placid and played Saranac Lake and, and Lake Placid high school. Nice. Two games. We spent the night over up there. 
got to go around the Olympic Center, go awesome. to the old 1980 locker room, which was a cool, awesome experience. Um, so that was an awesome road trip. Uh, we did, I think, four years ago we went up there. Um, I know my, my players love the White Plains tournament to kick off the season. Sure, sure. Um, I know we weren't in it because uh, when we went up to do that Lake Placid trip, we had a because we came into those games, we couldn't do the White Plains tournament, so we had to drop out of that for two years. Right. And a couple of my guys were kind of upset about that. Um, some of my guys had played in the, for the Plainsmen back in the day when they were younger. So that was kind of a big deal for them. So when we put it back on the schedule last year, I know that a lot of them were pumped about that. Yeah, I know. And speaking to some of the parents, too, they were very pleased that you guys returned to that tournament. And I, I happen to have a soft spot in my heart for that tournament. That tournament's named after my cousin, Guy Matthews, who was a guidance counselor at White Plains High School. He was a fixture, certainly, in the uh, sports community, and particularly the hockey. And, you know, for other reasons, like, that's kind of how I kick off my coverage of the high school season. So I definitely like that tournament. And you and you guys obviously did very well there. Um, what do you look for in a hockey player? You know, I think that, you know, everyone knows, right, you want you want a guy that can skate well, they can shoot hard, pass, and all that, you know, the the ability there. But I think the thing that separates, especially when you get to the higher levels, that separates a good player from a really great player is the hockey IQ, you know, and knowing what to do in certain situations. You know, at the end of the game, it, it's you're protecting a one-goal lead. You just want to make sure you get the puck up to the next level. You're not trying to score goals. You're just trying to keep the puck down in their ends. There's no unnecessary risk, things like that. You got to take so understanding the situational hockey and having um, hockey IQ. That uh, I think that is what separates um, the good from the great players. I like that response, coach. I really do. What makes a successful hockey coach, in your opinion? I, I think all coaches need to be adaptable um, to what they have. I mean, especially in high school hockey and in public schools, it's a cyclical thing, and you're going to have. Some years you're going to have a big physical team. Sometimes you're going to have a young, smaller, but maybe fast-skilled, talented team. Right. And coaching to what you have is is being able to adapt to that is important. I, I kind of, you know, I'm a Michigan fan for you know college sports, and I remember when they brought in Rich Rodriguez to coach the football team. Mm-hmm. He's trying to run the spread offense with you know a, you know a power eye uh, type of offense football team and a pocket passer, and he wants the guy to be a mobile quarterback and he just there's a reason why he was unsuccessful there right because he wasn't you know coaching for what he had right he was coaching to what he wanted to do and he was just stubborn in his own way so hmm. i think being able to change to what you have and then also being able to you know self-scout yourself as a coach you know i mean we had a very good year last year we were successful but there's things that i look back on that i you know would do differently and you know i think being able to be humble about that and, and admit, you know, when you make a mistake as a coach, you know, and, and being able to change those things going forward or the, uh, you know, what makes you successful as a coach. Very interesting answer. I like that. Um, which leads me to my next question. Favorite moment or memory as a coach so far? Well, it's only been a year and a half almost as a head coach. So right. as a head coach, I, I can't look past that four overtime shootout win <laughs> last year against Pelham in the semis. I mean, that game was just... You know, we led one nothing. We right. went up early in the second period, and then we were, you know, hanging on in the third. They scored, I think, with about five six minutes left to tie it. And then for the first two overtimes, they kind of, you know, carrying the play. Then they started. Then the the, the fatigue started to hit them a little. Then we started getting some chances. Um, they scored the goal that was waved off immediately, and then we actually scored a goal right after that. But the whistle had blown before the puck went in which was the right call. It, it was, you know, the ref on the side of the bucket by rule, you know, 
blow the whistle because the puck's not, it kind of just trickled through the goalie's legs. And then, but it, you know, it shouldn't have counted based on the rule. And then we have to go into the sixth round of a shootout. I mean, that right. was probably one of the most intense things that I've been a part of as a, as a player in any sport or as a coach. You know, I wish in retrospect that I had been there to see that. Um, and actually, we didn't talk about this at all because it's not going to really, I think, affect anybody here in Section 1. But you also have the video review, use of video review in the playoffs. And I think that that certainly is a case where you mentioned, you know, last year the puck trickles in or it doesn't trickle in, the ref loses sight. So I think that's certainly going to be interesting. I know the Harbor Center has it. And quite honestly, Coach, that's really the only place where they need to have the video review. Um biggest challenge you face as a coach um i think that you know trying to especially this year trying to create a a challenging schedule for my guys um you know i i uh moved them up from the league c to league b this year so I thought that would be more challenging. We scheduled some teams that we hadn't played either before, hadn't played in a while. Like we had in North Rockland, we had in Scarsdale, Pelham and Ryan on the schedule for the regular season as well. We got sure. that coming, you know, a lot of games coming up later in the January, February. So I think that, you know, finding those challenging games to really like, you know, it's, it's great to beat a team, but beating a team seven, nothing to beating a team, you know, three to two, you know, that Scarsdale game, I think was a really good learning experience for us. Hmm. You know, so it was last night. And I think you learn a lot more from those games than you do anything else. Interesting. And you, you mentioned Pelham. I'm actually going to be in the booth um, for your tilt against Pelham. I want to say it's on Tuesday, January 29th at the ice hutch. So if You're the, correct. if, if the voice sounds familiar coming from the booth, it's because your boy travel be, playing some tunes and calling the pla- uh, the po- goals, penalties, and all that stuff. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, what advice would you give someone who's interested in getting into coaching? Um, I think that you really need to know what kind of uh, student-athletes you have. I mean, there are, today, in today's day and age, I think that, you know, you have kids that, you know, not just are going to fall in line with everything you say they kind of want to know a rhyme and reason as to what you're doing so i think being able to explain what you're doing as a coach mm. kind of helps them understand okay we're doing this because they like to do this and then so we can take advantage of this uh miscue that they always kind of make in this situation so certain things like that i think and then also like i was saying earlier you know being able to adapt to the teams that you have and being able to you know self-scout yourself as a coach i think are you know important things um going into it. I, I like that answer as well. You know, in looking at primarily section one, of course, but we have the Catholic high school league, you know, even just looking at, you know, some of the, the college club teams like Fordham university, you know, that, that are, are rel- relatively regularly successful, you know, how would you describe, or even the fact coach that we had John Jay North Rockland go up to Buffalo last year, we had Pelham and Mamaronek go up uh, the year before we had Pelham win the championship. You had those Scarsdale teams that made those runs. How would you describe the state of hockey in section one or in the Hudson Valley in general? Uh, it, it's I've been coaching now nine years at Greeley, seven as an assistant, and then last year and this year as a head coach. And in the nine years, it's really um, the top tier has uh, widened. You know, I remember back when I was you know playing. I graduated one from Somers, and you know it was it was the same. You know, regular three or four teams. It was always suffering. It was always right. Pelham was kind of just on the upswing. Um, you know, knocking the door ready to like they were not what they are today. Like now, they're just like a regular powerhouse. <clears throat> right. Um, and, uh, you know, Clarkstown North, I remember, north or south, I remember which one it was. I think it was north. Um, 
made a run or two here or there when I think Section 1, Division 1 got two teams in. It was a weird bracket back then. Um, but I think the, the top tier has widened, like you were just saying, like in the last like five to eight years, I think you've seen Scarsdale make back-to-back trips to the Final Four. You've yeah. got Mamo winning the state title, Pelham winning the state title, you know, John Jay winning two sectional titles to get mm-hmm. through with Rockland mm-hmm. finally breaking through last year. I think there's so many more quality teams at the top of section one that's really helped. Um, you know, you don't have to go upstate and play, you know, the entire second half of your schedule against those teams. I mean, you still want to schedule some of those games, but uh, you get a lot of good quality games down here. You know, I would wholeheartedly concur, and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I mean, I go back, you know, certainly to 92 and suffering one. Uh, you know, as the first downstate team to win a, a, a title, um, and then you jump to nineteen, uh, you jump, excuse me, to two thousand seven. Because I live in Orange County, that's when you have Monroe Woodbury win Section One. Then in two thousand twelve, Suffern wins again. Then again, as you mentioned, you had the Scarsdale teams make the runs. They never brought home the hardware at the state level, but again, very talented teams. Uh, Mamo in 2016, Pelham in 2017, John Jay in North Rockland representing proudly Section 1. And, uh, you know, I've already booked my ticket for Buffalo. I've, I've made it known that I am going up. It is the premier event for high school hockey in New York State. I'd like to think that one, if not two, Section 1 teams will be um, joining me. And for those of you that may not know, uh, whoever wins Section 1, Division 1 will host a team from Section 2, which is your Albany Capital District. And whoever wins Section 1, Division 2... Uh, we'll host the at-large winner from Section 6 out of Buffalo, whoever that may be. So um, I'm looking forward to certainly the rem- the remainder of this season and, and to see what's left to come. And I think one other thing that kind of um, shows you know how much we've grown is the fact that Ed Witts has this tournament that went from 8 teams to 15 teams to 21 teams. And out of those 21 teams, I would say at least half are coming from the Buffalo, Albany, you know, upstate area. So you never saw that years ago, certainly when I was in high school. Um, three more questions for your coach, and I appreciate your patience and, and your answers have been stellar. Um, favorite professional player, past or present? Uh, well, it kind of, at first, when I first started watching hockey, it was always, uh, it was for the first couple of years, it was Mark Messier. Sure. I tried to play center, you know, I always mm-hmm. wore number 11. <laughs> and then I remember getting moved to a game on defense and actually like playing defense more than I did playing center for some reason. I don't know, I was like nine or 10. And um, so now I started watching and paying attention to Brian Leach. And sure. then I found out he was young American. And so I always gravitated towards the American hockey players. Uh, so Brian Leach was my favorite. Okay. You know, hockey player growing up still is my favorite all-time player. Is there anybody like from the modern age that you like that you enjoy watching? Um, not that he's having a great year, but up until this year, Brady Shea was a, a good young player that sure. I always like watching. Um, sure. uh, McDonough, I just love the way he played with sure. the Rangers. I mean, it killed me when they traded him. Yeah, but, it it, um, it it was a punch to the gut. But you know what? A guy like Neil Pionk is certainly making that uh, sure. pain go away. Um, and I think I think Shea will come around. I certainly think getting that big contract doesn't help. Um, you know, he's a young kid. I think he'll figure it out. I hope he figures it out. Um, I think the Rangers are in good shape, which leads me to my next question. And I think I already know the answer. Favorite professional team? Yeah, it's the New York Rangers, for better or for worse right now. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, they're on the upswing. I think that, you know, they've done everything right as far as uh, – uh, being, you know, completely transparent with their fans about the rebuild and, you know, acquiring assets and picks and prospects. I love Brett Howden and oh, um, sure, the young sure. kids I got 
Yep. I mean, Heedle's assist to Hayes last night was absolutely filthy. That move he made just to get around the defender. I, I definitely agree. You know, I've, I've had season, I had season tickets, I should say, coach, from 1997 till 2004. And the highlight certainly then was them going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I actually got to see them beat Florida in game five in Florida. Uh, when that was when Gretzky was on the team, so lots of good memories, and then certainly a lot of heartache and frustration. You know, we had a we had a lot of kicks at the can, as you know. But I certainly think yeah. again we're moving in the right direction. I have faith, ultimate faith in Jeff Gordon. His fingerprints were all over that 2011 Bruins Stanley Cup. So, uh, me personally, I wish that Sather would just kind of you know go off into greener pastures. I think he still has too much influence over what happens with this team. But I definitely like the fact that we've got kids, we've got uh, some talent um, that you know. Certainly, uh, you know, I think the future on Broadway looks bright. Um, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. If Dan Perito was not a hockey coach, he'd be a fill in the blank. I'd probably be uh, coaching football. Uh, that's, you know, as much as I am a hockey guy and I love hockey, you know, football's right there. You know, I coach actually, I coach modified football at the uh, in Chappaqua. Nice, nice. For about eight years, um, up until this year, I, I took off um, so I could. You know, be more a little more prepared for um, the hockey season. You know, taking over that over as a head coach was a little more than I, you know, thought it would be going into last season. So you know, I dropped on football from my coaching repertoire this year. Gotcha. So I could um, focus on more on hockey. Well, I have to tell you, it definitely shows. Um, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. I thoroughly enjoy watching your your club play night in and night out. Um, I've been chatting with Dan Perito. He is the head coach of the red hot undefeated seven and zero Horace Greeley Quakers. This is your boy, Trav. You've been listening to HV Pucks, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. Coach, go enjoy those Giants. I hope they don't disappoint you yet again. Thank you so much. Have a very, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Best of luck to you and the squad the rest of the way. I will definitely see you on the 29th of January at the Hutch, if not sooner. Uh, great. Thank you for having me, and uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and your family as well. I thank you. I really appreciate it. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks. As this episode for Season 3 comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. This season, Stick Taps will be brought to you each and every week by H4H, a growing car transport and handyman service company in Rockland and Long Island. Howie and Jesse are service-oriented guys known for providing quality service at competitive prices. For rapid, reliable, and relationship-driven car transport and handyman home improvements, call 516-497-1194. Mention the code 5-Minute Major and receive a $25 discount off your next car transport service or $100 off your next handyman service appointment. 
Stick taps out to Jude Curtis of the Hillsborough hockey team for eclipsing the 100 total point mark with 107 at the time of this recording. Way to go, Jude. Stick taps out to Ryan Marcy of the Manalapan Braves hockey team for also exceeding the 100 total point club with 101 at the time of this recording. That's awesome, Ryan. Stick taps out to Samuel Fishtine uh, of the Monroe Falcons hockey team out of Monroe Township, New Jersey, on shattering the 100 total point mark with 102 at the time of this recording. Way to go, Sam. Stick taps out to John uh, Zaviza head coach of the Loomis Shaffy Boys hockey team on earning the 100th win of his career on Monday, December 10th. Stick taps out to the Suffern Varsity hockey team for hosting a canned food drive prior to their tilt against Mamaroneck on Friday, December 14th. All proceeds uh, benefited the Suffern High School's Meals on Wheels Club. Stick taps out to Cam Cousinar of the Rush Henrietta hockey team on stopping 54-56 shots in a 2-0 loss to Pittsford on Tuesday, December 11th. Cam has now passed the 2,000 save mark of his varsity career. Congratulations, Cam. Stick taps out to Ryan Marsala of the Manalapan Braves hockey team for earning his 100th career varsity point on Wednesday, December 12th. Way to go, Ryan. Stick taps out to the Hilton Cadets hockey team for volunteering their time with the Salvation Army during the holiday season. Stick taps out to John DeLucia of the Guilford hockey team on registering his 200th career point on Wednesday, December 12th. Way to go, John. Stick taps out to Tom Swarthout of the Brick Memorial Hockey Team on earning his 100th career varsity point on Thursday, December 13th. Uh, Congratulations, Tom. I apologize for killing your last name. Uh, Stick taps out to the Clinton High School Hockey Team for hosting a food and toy drive on Friday, December 14th. Stick taps out to the Carmel Rams and the Mayapak Indians Hockey Teams for hosting the Carmel Pack Hockey Fights Cancer Fundraiser Game on Friday, December 21st, with all proceeds going to benefit Community Cares and the Thai Lewis Campbell Foundation. I am so bummed that I couldn't be there for that event, but I saw some pictures and I heard some audio. It sounds like another tremendous event. Stick at Stick taps out to the Timon hockey team for hosting a teddy bear toss on Saturday, December 22nd to benefit the Valley Community Center daycare. Stick taps out to the Star Point hockey team for volunteering with the Buffalo Dream Center, uh, their annual Boxes of Love food and clothing drive. Stick taps out to senior Matt uh, Skobelev of the Monroe Falcons hockey team on earning the 100th point of his varsity career on Friday, December 14th. Matthew, I apologize also for butchering your last name. I'm, I'm not really good with with the last names today. <laughs> Stick taps out to the Point Pleasant Borough uh, Manchester Cooperative Varsity Hockey Team for helping to support the Point Pleasant Police Department's Community Watch Program and Toy Drive. And you know that if you know of a player, a coach, a team, or a hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive Stick Taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks.
horn sounds on this episode of HV Pucks. I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding, because our family time takes a hit over the next few months as I embark on another exciting hockey season. I love to interact with my followers and fans, and you can always find me on Twitter, at TravJack71, and on Instagram, at 5 underscore min underscore major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, be sure to check out the new full-length album, Out of Time, by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The new album maintains the same high level of energy as their debut 2015 EP, Broken Walls. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. The 2019 New York State All-Hair Team is looking to complete its roster. So tweet me a picture at TravJack71 and use the hashtag New York State Puck Flow to nominate your favorite high school player and or coach. Winners will receive a custom t-shirt. Attention all Section 1 players, coaches, parents, and fans. Pex Skate Shop is looking for nominees for their Plays of the Month contest. Post your video on Instagram and tag at Pex Skate Shop and use the hashtag Pex Plays of the Month to enter. Each month, one winner will be selected to receive a Pex Skate Shop gift card. I'd also like to give a special thank you to the healthcare law firm of Einiger & Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, for underwriting Season 3 of HV Pucks. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>